Salutations, possums, and welcome to uh, the Reflection Podcast for Offensive Points. Uh, we're nearing the end of the season. We are in the playoffs right now. Hopefully, you guys are too. Uh, so, Billy and I are just going to reflect on some of our lessons learned uh, from this year in fantasy football. There are a ton of them. I think we might share a brain on a few of them, but uh, this has been a weird season. Uh, fortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, Josh is seeing the Nutcracker tonight, so he will not be joining us. We are getting some inclement weather in St. Louis. He changes tickets to Wednesday night, so he's not here, but uh, Billy and I got you through it, man. Billy, the what's nutcracker, up? The Nutcracker, Joe. He's skipping the podcast for the Nutcracker. I get it, man. I saw the Nutcracker. It's pretty good. I don't mind it. I haven't seen it. That and was like a long time ago in Chicago. But our our podcast as a whole is going to give a big congratulations to Joe, who finally, after all these years, finished his bachelor's degree, <laughs> and we're excited for him because that's a very exciting accomplishment, Joe. So congrats! I'm very excited, and thank you. Yeah, it took me uh, long enough. But uh, I finally convinced myself to do it, and I did it. So Here's the thing. The degree I got, I'm not even using it all. So at least your degree that you got is one that you know that you're going to want to actually use. I feel like a lot of us, myself included, just got trapped. Get Just get a degree, whatever it is, just get it done. And, like, I'm not even using it at all now, so that's, like, just a piece of paper. But you're yeah. actually – using gonna use yours probably so that's very i did it the opposite way though because like most people are like well i want to be a you know a physicist so i'm gonna get my physics degree Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and i'm like hey i'm already working in golf let's go get an additional golf degree so it kind of you know i did the backwards route but i like it i like it um all right well on today's podcast look everybody out there we hope you're enjoying your holidays. If you have time to listen to this podcast during this chaotic time of year, we really greatly appreciate that. And then for everyone all over the world who is not celebrating a holiday and just vibing out, we're here for you too, just to give you a little mini episode. But we're just, in this episode, just going to go over a couple of lessons that we think that we've learned from this season. And we think that if you, you know, maybe you've learned them as well. Maybe you just need to hear us speak it out loud, but just like trying to give a reflection of you know what we can do going into the next season um this you know will probably be one of our final podcasts of the year i think we're going to do one next week with a rule right wrong really um and then we're going to get right into dynasty content so we're kind of just wrapping up the season it's been a fun one um most people are either in like semi-finals of their playoffs or they're in the finals of their playoffs so we're not going to do any game previews um, if you're hunting for a quarterback out there, I feel bad for you. We're not going to tell you Trace McSorley is is the answer to take you to the championship or Malik Willis or anything like that. With the so, way this year has gone, though, would Trace McSorley winning someone their semifinal game not just you'd be like, "Yep, that's 2022." It would. It would be. It would be Nick Foles esque, like the fantasy football Nick Foles, if Trace McSorley came in and replaced your Jalen Hurts or replaced your Ryan Tannehill. If somehow you've you know, got a better team around you than that. And like, he's just, you know, getting you there. So I, I'm, I'm excited for anybody who's that far. I've got two teams that are uh, semifinals right now. So, you know, just seeing what's going to happen, Joe. Yeah. That's all we can do, man. Keep plugging along, win those championships, make that money and then make up all that Christmas debt. You just racked up buying stuff for your friends. It is true. All right. So, Without further ado, we're just getting on to it with this episode. It's going to be a short and sweet one, Joe. Um, 
I'll have you start with your first lesson learned from this because I think one of yours I'm going to piggyback off of anyway. So I'll let you have yours first. So we share a brain on this one. Um, It's it's really just trust your gut. I mean, going into the season, I said it on the podcast. I had Justin Jefferson as my number one. I had wide receivers really high. And I pretty much my entire fantasy football career have gone wide receiver heavy early. And for whatever reason this year, I was listening to all the pundits and the analysts and even, you know, Billy, you and Josh, like just us talking and stuff. It kind of creeped in that I was like, man, maybe I'm too low on running backs this year. And so I dove into the pool and I, I went running back pretty high in a lot of these places. If I had that number one pick or a top three, I usually took Justin Jefferson. I have a ton of teams with him on it, but the teams I didn't, I'm really hurting at because these are the ADPs. Um, JT was one, McCaffrey was two, Eckler was three, Derrick Henry was four, Najee was five, Dalvin was six, Mixon was seven, Kamara was eight, Swift was nine, Aaron Jones was 10. I mean, right now JT is 26, and that was before the injury. It was horrible. McCaffrey, Eckler, and Henry are in the top 10. Najee's 15. Mixon's 11. Uh, Kamara's 16. Dalvin's 11. Um, I mean, we're kind of all over the place here. So really, if you want to look at who is actually in the top 10, it's Eckler, Jacobs, McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb, Saquon, Pollard, Stevenson, and Jones. That's a 40% hit rate off of what you drafted in the first round there. Your first round pick needs to be an all-out studly stud that you know is going to anchor your team and be a top 10 in his position. Top five, most likely. And then you flip over to wide receivers, and you got Cooper Cup was drafted number one overall at wide receivers in ADP. He was the wide receiver one before he was injured. Justin Jefferson was drafted at two. He is the current wide receiver one. Chase is at 11 after missing multiple games this year. Adams is four. Diggs is three. Lambo or Lambo, CD Lamb is seventh. Tebow is twenty-seven. Hills number two. Evans is twenty-four, and AJ Brown is five. So, as long as you avoided Debo and Evans, I mean, you have an eighty percent hit rate on wide receivers being top ten at their position. I don't know, Bill. I mean, well, okay. Doing it so yeah, my lesson, you know, my first lesson learned from this year is that like we've got to let go of the old trope of like you need a running back that's going to anchor your team because as you just listed all those names I mean we're talking McCaffrey Henry like these are two guys that although they've been great this year a lot of us had concerns going into the season of like okay well they're I mean they're going to get injured again at some point right like they're going to play the entire season like of course you know you shouldn't take that person or there's just people in your leagues that were like you know what I've been burned by this guy in the past. I'm not going to go for him this year. I'm going to go for one of these safer bets like Jonathan Taylor and mm-hmm. just, you know, hope for the best there. And I, I think that we as a, a whole, as a community, as a, you know, podcast possums group need to just remember that like whatever the rookie running backs are next year, if they're taken in the first three rounds, they're probably going to get on the field. They're going to get on the field. Like Bijan Robinson is going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft this year. And there's a very good uh, case to be made that he should be drafted in the top 10 of redraft leagues next season, because we're, we're just watching what all of these, you know, rookie running backs are doing out there and they're paying off more than some of these seasoned veterans. And I get it. Injuries are wacky. They're weird. Nobody ever plans on there being an injury, but like, for example, like Nick Chubb now, 
since Deshaun Watson got in there, Nick Chubb is not useful as much as he once was. They got to figure that out on offense. And just those kind of like factors that necessarily, you don't necessarily know. It's just, you know, it just leads to bigger problems. And I think as a whole, we just need to remember that running backs, zero running back is going to be the way to go here for the next couple of years until some of these other, you know, until running backs become part of the game plans again. I mean, unless you're on a team like the Browns, like the 49ers, like running the ball, your team's not going to go. It's not going to go well. It's just not. I don't know how to go from there, Joe. Yeah. I mean, it's running backs are great and they fuel your team, but you know, the rookie I've, I've been on the rookies for a long time. They go later. There's automatically a discount there. You get them on your team and you just wait, you draft one vet, you know, maybe third or fourth round, have a solid running back on your team, and then you just wait for guys to develop. If you draft five or six running backs with the way things go with injuries, with rookies coming in, with everything that goes on, you're always going to have a stable lineup of guys to at least throw in there and put up points. It's much harder, in my opinion, to do that with a wide receiver where, you know, God forbid A.J. Brown goes down. Do you think Quez Watkins is going to come right in and replace him? No, but with running back, we see that year after year after year. And honestly, to your point, Bill, there really haven't been many injuries at running back this year. Swift was out for six or seven weeks there, maybe not even that long. But Taylor, not, that's about it. Yeah. yeah, Taylor just went out. You know, you're already in your playoffs here. Chubb's dealing with something right now. But overall, on the injury front, it really hasn't even been that bad this year. It's just, I think a lot of these, you know, bullseye hole in the wall not hole in the wall ace in the hole <laughs> running backs that we've have had are getting older and they're starting to phase out yeah and i mean and you know this is maybe this is just one big ad but like when we start talking about rookies here in the next <sighs> month or so like remember those names like me and joe like we were on damian pierce as soon as we saw him in the senior bowl like it took one little play happened at that game or we were just immediately like, okay, that, that kid's it. That's a that's a that's a gonna be on the field. And then this year, Damian Pierce has been a league winner. I mean, not necessarily now because he's out, but he, like he was a league winner, you know, and it probably got you to the playoffs because of how consistent he was. And, you know, between that, what Brees Hall looked like before he got hurt, Ken Walker, what he's been doing, like you just I, I don't know. I just think next year you're gonna be able to get some of these guys later that are gonna be starting running backs on your team. And, you know, it's even players that have gotten phased out or we're going to be in a quote-unquote timeshare like Tony Pollard and Zeke. Like, both of those guys are useful. It's just yeah. the way that it is. And, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think just the overall lesson that I'm, I'm trying to get out there is that you need to load up on the stud wide receivers first. It's just they're way more useful. You know that they're going to get targets. Like, it, I don't think that we used to think of, like, wide receivers, even the, like, really good ones, as, like, you know, about even with running backs. Now it just feels like if you, if you're, especially in a PPR league, there's just, you know, you get a cheat code basically because that it's point that points. you get. Yeah, three exactly. Points. As soon as you get a, cause like a rush, you don't get, you know, you don't get a point for a rush. I mean, there's leagues out there that do point per rush, but that's n not very, you know, likely that you're in a league like that. So I don't know. I, I just think we as a whole need to remember that running backs are, a dime a dozen, it feels like. You can get them late. Wide receivers, yep. not so much. You're not – the third wide receiver on a team is not going to lead you to a championship. It's just not going to happen. No. 
It's not. I mean, if you think about it, like we were really high on Josh Jacobs. You know, Josh was banging the tail for Nick Chubb, which turned out pretty good until recently. Uh, yeah. Billy, you're a big Ramondre guy. I mean, those are all guys in the top mm-hmm. 10 right now that, you know, we were talking about, hey, get them, throw them on your roster and stuff. And they're top 10 guys. So it's, I don't know. I just don't see the value in running backs anymore. <laughs> it's it's definitely hard, but I don't know. We'll get it. Anyway. All right, Joe, move on. Moving on. Move on. Moving on. I'm not telling you to move on. Move along, sir. Yeah. All right. So my second one is as the country grows more divided and people become more selfish, which is totally the trend that's going on, this has been the goddamn worst year for trading that I have ever seen in my life. People, you have to benefit the other team in some way. The trades I have received and the conversations I have had, and I'm in – a ton of leagues. So I probably get it more than a lot of people. This is the worst freaking thing I've ever seen. It is obnoxious. If you are going to make a trade with someone, first of all, talk to them and say, Hey, I'm interested in this player. What would it take to get them? Talk it out. And if they say, Hey, I don't really want to trade that guy. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. What if I offered you this? They have, Oh, that's a good jury. Or no, I don't want to do that. It is a one to two street. It is not. I'm going to give you uh Darnell Mooney. You give me Justin Jefferson, and if you don't, I'm going to be mad and whine like a little bitch when you say no. I am so tired of bad trades. It it, it just – I want to rip my hair out, man. I, I just got <laughs> another one recently in a Dynasty League, and I am just still fuming about it. Well, Dynasty trades as a whole are just – I mean, you have the people that you know you can go to with trades, and you know that you're going to have an actual conversation with it. I mean, some of them get a little out of hand. Our conversation about uh, – John Mechie out of hand, but <laughs> at the same time, most people put you that know, on the servers, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> when you go, uh, when you go to somebody with a trade that you know that they're good at trading, I think you can actually have a productive conversation, but it's, it's the people that a, you send them a trade request or you try to engage them in a conversation for a trade request and you just get ghosted, nothing silence. Maybe they are not even looking at their team. Or you get, yeah, what you were dealing with, which is somebody sends you just an asinine trade that there's just, you're so far apart that it's like, why even bring this to the table? Like, I'm not trading my car for a little piece of gravel. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, why would you even come at me like that? And, I, you know, that's like maybe that person, you know, isn't really wanting to trade. Everything on your team is not gold. Like, it's just not. It's a just valuing it's asset roster. to somebody. So it's just frustrating that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, every player on their roster is untouchable. Every player on your roster should be touchable. I, yeah. you know, maybe phrasing that the wrong way, but every player on your team should be able to be traded at some point in time. There is Sean Watson a is few the exceptions. Chat. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> I got to stop with the Watson jokes, man. <laughs> His agent's going to find me. We got one year. We got to the end of the year, Joe. Um, but yeah, I, every player in your team should be able to be traded. There's only a few exceptions, and especially like if you're a fan of that player, don't trade. Like you don't have to trade them away. Like if you if you value them that highly, like the person you're trading with is not going to value them like that. Like it's just not. Right. If your favorite player is Jonathan Taylor, and you try to trade with somebody, and you're trying to get just a over massive haul for it, it's not going to happen. So don't send it. 
because you're just making the other person think, wow, I'm never going to probably trade with this person because the first offer they've sent me or the first couple of offers they've sent me are just insane. So, yeah. you know, you just got to be judicious with how you do it. Yeah, and I've made some really good trades just by talking it out, just going back and forth, talking it out, sharing a brain with someone, and then something happens because of that. I've also made some bad trades because of that. But a really good exercise for you dynasty folks out there, go through your team and just realistically set the value of your team. Realistically on there. Figure out what you have, how much it's worth, and then what you can acquire or sell to better it. And if everyone did that for their team, you would be far better off because you would actually know where people actually stand. It's like if I tried to get Baker Mayfield prior to this year from Billy, he probably would have laughed at me and been like, you can't afford him. Nope. Because he's a big Baker nope. Mayfield going, guy. <laughs> going to the Hall of Fame. So I yep. don't want to give that away for nothing. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, trading is, it's, it's not what it used to be. It feels like it used to be just, you know, I feel like the trades used to fly, especially in redraft. Like the trades used to just fly. Yeah. Now everybody gets so entrenched to their, I'm right about this player to the point where they won't, you know, they're not going to, cause you know, they get, they get the gambler fallacy of like, well, they haven't hit yet, but they are at, at some point going to hit. Like that is yeah. the problem that in redraft, especially people fall into. And you just get to a point where, you know, you need to let that person go. Even if they succeed on another team, you need to feel better about your team. You know, even if that's trading them, maybe not for exactly an equal value, just got to shuffle the deck basically. Yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, our age is showing out. Cause when we were younger, we were like slinging Pokemon cards and Legos mm-hmm. and gel pens. Like that was the shit. I mean, I had a whole business when I was younger selling gel pens, used to buy them, trade them, sell them, whatever it was. I loved it. So I understand how to negotiate. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand how to negotiate and they're getting fucking worse at it. I hate it. I I mean, yeah. And like I said, it, what you started out this with is like, you know, the way that we're so divided, it's just people are so entrenched with their, especially because like, and, and here's another part that like, you know, there's a certain level of everyone listening to this. It's probably, you know, here, but like, not every not every player that you drafted is the best player. Like, you know, maybe you picked a player that, you know, you thought Cam Akers, this guy is the like going to, you know, lead my team to victory this season. Like that's going to happen. It didn't happen. So, if somebody's offering you a trade and it's something that you might be able to use or maybe it's a draft pick in dynasty, consider it. Just consider it, yeah. you know? It's okay. It's yeah. all good. You could be wrong. I don't know. I just right. go into each trade trying to trying to better my team and the person I'm trading with in some way. I mean, that's, exactly. Yeah. And if if the trade that you send out, if it's not something that you would even consider taking, like if it's not something you yourself, if somebody sent that to you, would consider taking, maybe don't send it. Maybe don't send it. I don't know. Just, you know, see where the person's at first. I love it. All right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On to my lesson that I think that we need to remember for next year, and that's that, Joe, bad offenses are bad. And I'm going to show my work a little bit on this one, but going into the season, we had concerns with the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the Jets, New York Jets. Giants, too, a little bit, but I'll give Barkley the benefit of the doubt. But those four offenses, we had major concerns with. And the thing of it is, we should have just not, like, we drafted Kyle Pitts way too high. We just, we thought there's no way that they're going to keep him out of the offensive plan. There's no way that they, when they drafted Drake London in the top 10, that they're not going to use Drake London in some, like, meaningful capacity. They're not going to just out, you know, target him 10 times a game. Neither of those things happen. And, for other offenses, Houston being one of the examples, I thought, you know, I came on this podcast, said I thought Davis Mills would be a top 10 quarterback because I thought, you know what, at worst case, they're just going to sling it 40 to 50 times a game, and he's going to rack up points because at even if he completes 25 of those balls, that's 25 target or 25 receptions by somebody on the team. Now, what the problem with that thinking is is that, Sure, there's been games this season where he's thrown and completed that many passes. But there's such a laundry list of people on that team catching those passes that it's not whittled down to, like, Brandon Cooks. It's not whittled down to Nico Collins. It's not whittled down to uh, Brevin Jordan, who we thought was going to be a big tight end this year. And they have four tight ends. Like, we just I, – I think the, the lesson I'm trying to say here is that, like, when we're going into a season and we think an offense is bad – now, the Jets have kind of bucked this rule, but – we're going into a season and we think the offense is going to be bad and we know and we're our classic fantasy football brains is like, well, somebody on that team has got to get targets. We've got to lower those expectations because we, me and Josh, were still fighting. Well, I don't know if it was Josh. I think it was though, that DJ Moore was still not going to be super relevant, but he was going to be relative, relevant enough, maybe a wide receiver too. That hasn't happened at all. That did not happen. The quarterback carousel that, that Carolina has gone through this year has made zero people on that team relevant, like other running backs aside, but pass catchers all irrelevant. And we knew that we knew that was going to happen, but we talked ourselves into there's no way that they can't do blank. Like there's no way they can't use DJ Moore. There's no way they can't use Kyle Pitts. There's no way they can't use Brandon cooks. And if you drafted those players thinking, I got to steal the draft right here, you're, throwing your hands up because all those people are useless. Two of them are hurt. And the other one is just not being used at all. Like, I, I, I don't know how Joe, like, what do you think about that? No, I totally agree with you. And I, you know, I've said, you can go back to all of our podcasts. I always say there is value to be had on bad teams. My biggest thing, man, I don't ever recall seeing such a disparity between the top offenses and the worst thought like this is some really bad football that we are witnessing this year. I mean, it makes me think of like MJD MJD was always useful. He was always a top 10 pick horrible offense. Job at best was insane. 
on a horrible offense. Ryan Matthews, awesome, horrible offense. Like, I've never seen this much just absolute crap football that we're seeing here. And bad coaches. I mean, everyone's trying to be yeah. Mike McDaniel. Everyone's trying to be Kyle Shanahan. Everyone's trying to come up with these crazy cool schemes and stuff. It's like, let's get back to the root of it and get the ball in the, your best player's hands. I don't understand what's so hard about that. But, yeah, you're right. This year we really have to – I think going into next year too, we're going to have to say, this dude's on well, a shitty offense. I'm not drafting. And here's the team we need to be thinking about. It's the Denver Broncos. We're going to talk ourselves oh, into the fact that Cortland Sutton is going to have a lot of value. We're going to talk ourselves into uh, Greg Dolchich, Jerry Judy. We're going to talk ourselves into Javante coming back, which, I mean, again, running backs are kind of immune-ish from this conversation, but, like, the pass catcher-wise, like, we're going to talk ourselves into these guys. They're going to – like, they're – there's no way the Broncos can be as bad on offense as they were this year, right? And we're all going to talk – we're going to talk this summer about how this is possible. But here's – we need to just learn this lesson going into it. We know that that's not going to happen. Car- or Arizona isn't going to have Kyler for the first probably – maybe he comes back for the fourth week of the season next year. But it's probably more than likely eight weeks of, of next week's next year's season. And if it's Colt McCoy that they're rolling out there – you got to downgrade everyone on that team. I mean, I know Hopkins is probably safe, but he's 31. But the rest of the offense, you just got to let them go. Like, it's not going to happen. So, I, I just – I think that the, the lesson that we need to learn here is, like, that when we don't know the quarterback, we don't know the offensive scheme. Like, when we don't know these key answers, like, we need to be concerned. Like, this Ravens offense, for example. If you get a pass catcher from the Ravens next year, if they have Lamar Jackson – you're playing yourself. Like you're just, you're kidding yourself. Like if you think, well, this is a year Rashad Bateman's finally going to break out, right? Well, not necessarily because it appears as if they don't really care who's playing wide receiver there. Like Mark Andrews yeah. is safe, but every other person on that, Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, old ass Deshaun Jackson, like all those guys, they're not fantasy relevant. And we as a community need to get ahead of the trend and let your friends take those guys. Let the let the gambles happen on teams that you're not a part of. And there's like the biggest example, like I said at the beginning, was the Denver Broncos. Like everybody next season, I cannot wait for Cortland Sutton's dynasty ADP to be in the shit. And people are going to make videos of like, you can get this potential top 10 wide receiver for basically nothing. And you probably can in trades, but like when you're drafting – just let somebody else make that mistake. It's okay. It's fine. You you don't have to overthink yourself and get somebody that you don't believe in just because like the value might be better than what you're actually getting, you know? Right. <clears throat> no, and I mean, to piggyback off that too, because I mean, everyone's going to talk themselves back into Denver because of Russell yeah. Wilson. 1, I mean, we saw Russell Wilson do it. If we need to learn how to separate ourselves from – the player in a way mm-hmm. like Russell Wilson, big name. He did lots of awesome stuff for us, but 2021 in Seattle, you finished his QB 20. He was hurt three of those games. He still had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. It wasn't like that offense was completely, you know, void of any sort of playmakers right. on it. Exactly. And he didn't do it. And just, you know, we assumed he's going to Denver. He's got Javante. He's got Sutton. He's got, you know, Albert. O. Whatever, we figured he was going to be there. I mean, a lot of the blame needs to go on Nathaniel Hackett, and I believe wholeheartedly he needs to be fired immediately. But, I mean, 
maybe maybe it is the end of the road for Russell Wilson. Maybe he's got other priorities. Something's going on, and you know, we always are going to talk ourselves into this repeatedly. Yeah. So we need to at least keep an eye out for these trends that are going on because, you know. I mean, everyone knows like Dalvin Cook's getting older. He's done it for how long? And you're starting to see that now. He's having trouble finishing games out. So he did have an awesome game last week. I think another thing that we need to um, like just pay attention to and be a little bit more aware of is like when new head coaches come in, if they're an offensive – so the Denver Broncos obviously are going to make this one a little bit of a moot point, but – when you have an offensive coach come in and they're committed to the offense, like Mike McDaniel came in, like Josh McDaniels came in, like when those guys got there, they immediately tried to install an offense. They immediately tried to get, you know, the best players for that one got Devante, one of them went, got Tyree kill to make their offenses better. And they immediately got to work. So I like, that's another thing this off season that like, you just need to pay attention to like when these head coaching changes happen all around the league, um, when you get a defensive head coach like the Saints, not going to necessarily be, you know, the forefront of people's mind to like, you know, wow, the Saints, you know, they have all these good players. They have Alvin Kamara. They have this. They have that. Um, it's not really going to be at the forefront of everybody's mind that like, hey, they have a defensive minded head coach. The whole entire scheme is going to be based around having a very good defense. And that's just, you know, that's not that's a subconscious thing that just happens. But if you don't have an offensive minded head coach, the chances are that offense is not going to be successful. It's just not like there's some that it works on, but like the Patriots, for example, defensive minded head coach, they have one fantasy relevant player on the entire team right now. And that's probably not going to change going into next season. If they keep Mac Jones, I can't do, you know, we can't do anything about that. That's just the way that it is. And I, I just think we will try. I think we need to be better about this and like letting people know, maybe we need to put out more videos about like, what these kind of moves matter because like when Mike McDaniels got to Miami, we should have known immediately like, okay, he's going to try to establish a run game, but if he can't establish a run game, he's just going to air the ball out. And that's exactly kind of what we're looking at there. And I don't know. I I just think that we, the coaching situations matter a whole lot because from year to year, if you have a new head coach like Houston, this is a big Houston moment. If they get rid of Levy Smith, defensive minded head coach, by the way, defense, by the way, it looks fantastic for Houston. That's not the problem. Defensive-minded head coach has their defense playing great. Shocker. But if they install an offensive-minded head coach in Houston, or that is the, the way that they're choosing to go, the Houston offense may actually be a lot better next year than it was this year. And, like, that's that's the kind of, like, little – I think that's a layer of fantasy football that we haven't quite breached yet because we maybe don't know how to quantify it enough. But I think there's enough data this year to show – the defensive-minded head coaches, the defensive coaches aren't necessarily the best offensive players, and that is stuff that I think ADPs, you know, there's some players that can that can supersede that, but for the most part, ADPs are not reflective of how they're potentially going to be used in an offense because Bill Belichick's never going to want to win a game 50-0 to zero again. Like, he did that when he had Brady, and if they bring Brady back, like I suspect, they might try to do that again. But I think it's mostly going to be a defensive situation there and like that doesn't lead to value right no you're totally right about that maybe we need like a quantum computer to spit out this data for us because figure out the data i don't know maybe maybe we need to make that a video where we just go through well i guess we need to figure out when all of the new coaches get in and then we can like make it but just going through each team and seeing is this 
is this team an offensive team or is this team a defensive team? Because, like, Joe, your Bears, for example, scare the shit out of me because, like, they've been really poppy on offense. But Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy, and it seems like based on the messaging that we are getting that they're going to be looking at defense in the draft, which is kind of not exactly what we thought. We thought they he said Jalen Carter without saying Jalen Carter is his guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they don't get Jalen Carter, probably it's going to be Will Anderson. Like one of the, like they're going to end up defense at at some point. And we didn't think that we thought wide receiver because that's what Justin Fields needs. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, Joe, it's just like, there's, there's just part of frustration with that. But like, these offensive, like, look at the top ones in the league, top, uh, you know, players in the league right now. We're talking Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, offensive head coach. Tua, Tyree Kill, all of them, offensive-minded head coach. Like, Joe Burrow, stuck on a team with a offensive-minded head coach. Justin Herbert, offensive-minded head coach. Like, the quarterbacks that you're like, oh, you know, they're, they're pretty good, they're – Built behind an offensive-minded head coach, that offensive-minded head coach is going to get them to play better because the schemes they come up with are not built by an offensive coordinator that hasn't, you know, quite made it yet. The whole entire offense is being, you know, formed around what a head coach believes. Yep, it's it's very true. I mean, my Bears, I I think Justin Fields' athleticism will open up that offense enough that at least they got to have better playmakers next year. I don't. I really hope so. I don't figure I, they'll probably figure out a way to screw that up. But, you know, guys like that that are flashy quarterbacks can move around out of the pocket. They're always going to make the guys around them viable because of the shit they're able to pull out of the pocket. But you're right, though. We should do an episode like that. Yeah. See, we're doing a little little planning here on the podcast. Yeah. OK, well, everyone out there, that is pretty much all we have for this episode. It was kind of going to be a short and sweet one. We were just going to talk a little bit. Um, before we go though, Joe, I have a few things I want to get past you here. What is yeah. your feelings on this Chris, the Christmas Eve slate, like that being the main slate of games and then Christmas, which is Sunday only having three games. How, like what, how do you feel about that? I like it. I like it. Well, I, I do. And I don't because on Sunday, obviously no one works. So that would have been really nice to have That's supposed a to be with your family on Christmas. NFL. Though, you know? well, like uh, Thanksgiving, right? You get three I games, get you watch football all day. Everyone kind of hangs out. Like no one's sitting there following 13 games at once. And, yeah, I guess uh, that's true. But yeah, I'm just I mean, like, Christmas Eve, I know I'm, I'm going to miss all of I have to work Christmas Eve. Yeah, so. me too. That's why I'm going to yeah. miss all of them. And it's just like, damn, like that has to, you know, and obviously this won't happen every year as Christmas changes from day to day, but like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. Um, also, before we go on, what were the, what did you think about that Jacoby Myers random uh, fumble? I guess it's a fumble. It's considered a fumble, but like, why why were they doing that, Joe? They, they, they had to have known they were tied. Why didn't he just go down and take it to overtime? Why did he even try to throw it back to Mac Jones? I have no idea. I think he was just kind of running. And Ramondre tossed him the ball, and then he was like, oh, shit, this is what we're doing? And then he panicked and threw it back to Mac Jones. I don't think he knew what he was doing, but I also feel like I'm amazed Belichick didn't cut him. I know he's a good player. That just seems like a benching or a cutting from Belichick, like, immediately. And that was pretty shocking, I got to say. 
I just I I always associate Bill Belichick with having very good game management or game awareness skills for like everybody on their team. And boy, that is one of the most disastrous things I've ever seen. Never yeah. seen in my life. Well, it's like that so. TikTok video I watch all the time where the guy has a water bottle and he puts it down and then he throws a soccer ball to someone and like they got to kick it at the water bottle, you know? Yeah. It was it was kind of like that, you know? He just got through the ball and Jacoby Myers was like, oh shit, I got to kick this soccer ball now. And he just like threw it to Mac Jones for some fucking reason. I don't, that definitely wasn't designed. There's no way. Definitely, definitely doesn't feel that way. Um, all right. Ending this podcast with uh, a little bit of college-related news. but yeah, I, so, I graduated, Bill. We get it, man. We get it. Enough I, about me. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Other than Joe, who just gave up his uh, eligibility to play in college, collegiate sports, um, wouldn't that have been something, Joe, if you were somehow a walk-on? That would have been great. <laughs> at a college uh play i don't know what i could have done at university of wisconsin walk-on wise i think everyone there is pretty good who knows frisbeer? Joe, yeah exactly a frisbeer yeah. team yeah. um but anyway the national signing day was today and uh just kind of wanted to go over the rankings of the top eight just because they're you know just want to go through the rankings of the recruiting cycle but alabama's obviously number one georgia's number two texas number three miami number four Five is Ohio State, LSU six, seven Oregon, and eight is the Oklahoma Sooners, Joe. I could not be more happy for this team after going six and six to pull off a top eight ranked uh, recruiting uh, class, basically. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It is. I just want to know what Dion does. Yeah, I know. He's been getting crazy calls in the transfer portal already, so. I know. I cannot wait to see Colorado as one of the big schools where everybody is going because I am not. I'm not sure how Colorado was the team that got Dion, but they got him, and that's the way the way that it is, I guess. But anyway, anyone out there who didn't think that you know thought Alabama and Georgia were just going to go away as soon as people could pay players, it's not happening. Does not not appear that way. No, it's all about the crimson. Yep. I my boys got we got some good players coming in. I'm pretty excited for it. Anywho, oh, that is all we got for you this week. It is at Joe OP Joe with two E's on Twitter. Me at Ombre Vendor at Offensive Points. We're going to try to start putting out more content as far as like uh dynasty stuff goes, and we're gonna start doing Ooh, Joe, our first rookie draft is coming up here pretty soon. We're going to have to start talking that before we even know where these players are going to go or what teams they're going to end up on, which always a lovely time of year. But I hope everyone out there has a great holiday. If you're not having a, you know, if you're not doing the holidays, that's fine too. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Uh, we will be back next week with a little right, wrong, really. We're bringing back that old trope just to kind of go over our fantasy. Uh, just kind of gloat a little bit, just kind of, you know, talk some about and kind of talk what was confusing about this this season. But that's Absolutely. all I got for you. All right, Joe, get us out of here. Happy holidays, possums. Good night. Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.